It's a report that serves annually as a barometer on how we're doing as professional communicators. So, how are we doing? Well, we're, we're making less money. Media relations is no longer one of the top three activities we're involved in. We don't seem to be moving the needle enough on ethnic diversity, but we are making strides in thinking and acting more strategically, and the gender-based pay gap is narrowing. The 2020 State of the Profession report by the Chartered Institute of Public Relations, this week on Stories and Strategies. My name is Doug Downs. My guest today is Jenny Field, the president of the Chartered Institute of Public Relations. Hello, Jenny. Hi, Doug. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. The Chartered Institute of Public Relations, or CIPR, is a professional body for practitioners based in the UK and worldwide, actually, and has been awarded chartered status by the Privy Council of the UK. It is, in fact, the world's only royal chartered body for PR professionals. Along with being the president of CIPR, Jenny is a fellow of the Chartered Institute and international speaker, holds a Bachelor of Arts with honors from the University of Surrey, is an accredited facilitator level one, and the founder of Redefining Communications, a consultancy based in Farnborough, Hampshire. And Jenny joins us from Farnborough today, just southwest of London. Jenny, let's start with the methodology for the survey, whom you heard from and how. Uh, so we heard from just under 1,300 PR practitioners. Um, we're obviously a global institute, but that's predominantly UK members that have filled that out. And, um, and, and also some non-members, actually, because we make the survey available for people across our social media channels as well. So it's important for us to get a range of, of responses. So it's all carried out online, uh, and it was carried out between November and January. So November 2019 to January this year. Okay, all before COVID kind of uh, gripped yeah. us, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, there, there were several key findings this year, as there always are. Social mobility being one of them. Jenny, most PR professionals in the UK, but also here in Canada, the United States, in fact, anywhere, are more likely to hold a university degree than the general population. Uh, not everyone can afford to go to university. So what did your study find? It's such a good question because social mobility is such a big topic for us. And in fact, we focused on it more this year in the survey because last year, 28% um, of those people that took part uh, were entering the profession coming from private education. So we wanted to explore it in more detail this year and see what the, the issues and challenges were. So we don't have um, any data that really talks about the degree side, but it's certainly highlights the fact that there is this kind of private education or that investment which you talk about the fact that it's that cost barrier that's coming into entry to the profession. Um, one of the things that it does show in the report around social mobility is the gap between what PR practitioners think and what the general public thinks and I think that's important to highlight because whilst we might not share the same views as our stakeholders having that awareness of that gap and making sure that we're representing their interests is incredibly important. So what's the potential? Uh, one of the remedies to solution is that we as practitioners should spend more time listening um, and immediately coming to conclusions. 
Uh, I'm a big fan of listening. Um, and I think you're right. I think that is, is more to do with it. I think it's also a lot to do with doing professional development in different ways. It's not necessarily about having a degree. There's lots of ways you can learn. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I do have one, but I also do a lot of continuous professional development because your skills don't stay still. You know, the skills I learned at university, you know, however long ago, I won't go into that, um, might not be so relevant today with lots of new skills coming in. So, um, so yeah, I think there's lots of different ways you can learn and having mentors and, and people like that is so important as well. The gender gap with regards to compensation. The news uh, from the survey is better overall, but the, I mean, there's still a gap. What did you find? Yeah, it is generally good news um, because you can see the gap is, is getting less, but it comes with a lot of caveats around the type of organisation that you're in and what position you hold. I mean, we still see that there's less women at a senior level and that the men are paid more at a senior level. So there's still, there's still work to do. Um, but, you know, we have to celebrate the wins, don't we? We're not in it for the short haul. So uh, long way to continue. We've taken a step, maybe a small we step. We've taken we a step. have. Okay. Exactly. So speaking of steps, you also looked at diversity. Um, statistically, what did you find? Statistically, uh, we are still predominantly a white profession. Um, we haven't really moved that forward, but we have done some work this year. We launched our race in PR report just um, a few weeks ago, and that shows the true stories of around 17 practitioners across PR sharing their insights and their experience. And that's quite a hard read, but actually very powerful read to help us look at what are the real issues and challenges that we need to address in PR. So not as good news there, but I think a, a massive renewed focus across industry globally on diversity for sure. Okay. One of the biggest reasons for this podcast is to further establish public relations or professional communications as a management function. We don't just plan events or disseminate information or answer questions with snappy answers. Your survey looks into this and, and we're moving the boulder a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a big boulder to move. Um, and, and, you know, my specialism is, is employee communications, internal communications, and we often get accused of being the people that organise cakes. So I completely feel this, this pain that we all have as communicators of not being seen as a strategic function. But we do need to have that representation at board level, but we need to have the skills uh, and demonstrate value in order to do that. So We've seen actually that the, the sort of number one challenge, if you like, this year is that underrepresentation at board level. And that's gone up from last year. That was lower down. So for me, it's going up that priority order, which hopefully means we're going to be doing something about it. And for COPR, that's about us having better links with um, broader business institutes where we can talk about the role of PR and communications and help educate leaders who might not know so much about what PR can actually do for them and their organizations. Yeah, you might enjoy this as an internal communication specialist. I worked with a client just yesterday um, that suggested for a mechanism they were changing that was public facing, uh, there was no need for internal communications. That was just one subject matter expert's <laughs> advice and um, we, sure. we sh shall be including internal audiences. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the BBC comedy Absolute Power once contemplated the strategic value that PR professionals can bring to the table. In this scene, public relations guru Charles, played by Stephen Fry, has been hired to help solve the question of what to do with the House of Lords. It had become so uninteresting, so he creates... The Democrabus, a traveling bus for elected representatives to go from town to town. Okay, Charles, here's the pitch. 
The government wants to reform the House of Lords, bring it more in line with government thinking and policy making, yes? Well, that's what they're saying publicly. But the real agenda is to get shot of a bolshy bunch of clapped-out troublemakers about whom nobody gives a damn. Precisely. Then why not get rid of them literally with a travelling second chamber? So let me get this straight. By all means. You are proposing that we replace the House of Lords. That was the brief. With a travelling second chamber called the Democrabus. Well, it'll uh, be a fleet of buses eventually, but, uh, yes. Are you completely deranged? Or are you just deliberately taking the piss? It's a radical solution, I grant you, but it's one that's sure to chime with the electorate. The old farts are always banging on about how they're the defenders of democracy. Well, let's see them get out and meet the people, eh? They can debate top-up fees in Totnes, health in Harrogate, and education in Essex. Well, perhaps not Essex, but... And ordinary people will be involved. <laughs> they won't actually be involved. No, they won't change anything. But the point is, they'll think they are. It'll feel democratic, and it'll get all those peers out of your hair once and for all. That's the point. Look, if you're still uncertain, do what you always do with your more toxic political proposals. Label it a pilot scheme and start it off in Scotland. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, from 2008 as well. Crikey. How, we how... done that last week. How on, on spot. And that's your first time seeing that scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's ironic, but one of the most difficult questions for any professional communicator to answer is, hey, what do you do for a living? Um, your survey looked at the most common activities undertaken in terms of what we do. So what do we say we're doing and what are the skills we say are involved? Well, and this is quite... Uh quite a conversation point has been on the blogs that have been written based on the report because some of the key skills that are still coming up are some of those more tactical skills that we you know we're just talking about the fact that we are a strategic management function so the skills that people are saying they're doing are still around things like copywriting and editing um, PR programs and campaigns the good news is media relations has come out of the top three so that's been in the top three for the last few years and that's been replaced with strategic planning so there is again a step forward but to have copywriting and editing is still that number one skill or number one activity that we're doing um, by junior and senior practitioners as well is is a bit of a red flag for us i think at the moment that media relations thing not being in the top three anymore i don't think the rest of the world sees us differently they still see yeah. us as the pathway to magical coverage why do you think that is is it because media itself has become so dispersed in its audiences yeah i think it's a, a, a lot of factors i think there's still a bit of a view that PR is very heavily linked to being a publicist. I think a lot of the uh, kind of comedy programs and things around it can often make it look like that's all PR stands for. Uh, I also think there's probably an education piece around, you know, maybe linking into MBAs and things like that, where we're trying to educate leadership around what PR can actually do. And I think, you know, a very old school view, if you like, is that you do a press release, you get coverage, and that's that's all it is. Whereas there's so much more to PR, and that's about education and helping people understand just how much we can do when it comes to reputation and risk and, and all the other strategic sides um, to what PR is all about. 
Absolutely. Um, I began my professional career as a journalist and then moved into communications. What is the pathway that most take? Um, I think it's, it's always quite a, quite a different pathway. The report this year shows quite an overwhelming majority of a very similar journey to you in terms of media, publicity, coming into PR. Um, personally, mine came from a degree in marketing and then I worked as a communications assistant. Then I did media relations, then I did internal communications, then I did global communications and then comms director. So I've kind of done little bits of everything. Um, I think there's lots, of, for me, there's lots of different ways you can get into communications and PR and certainly internal communications. You can often come from the operations side of the business into that function. And I think, you know, everybody for me is welcome to come on in, but take the time to learn once you're there and, and attend events and listen to podcasts and read the books and just find out what it's all about, because then you'll be able to advise those leaders or, or clients or wherever you're working um, with the best skills you can. And that's really important. Jenny, I really appreciate your time today. And, and just in closing, um, tell us a little bit more about CIPR and um, can anyone become a member? Or do you have to live in the UK? No, anyone can, can become a member. We have international members all over the world. We have a few members in the US, in Canada, uh, in Africa, um, in Saudi Arabia. We've got members all over the place. So everybody's welcome to join. And now we've gone completely online. There's, there's no reason not to. You can sit the chartered assessment online now. So lots of pluses to, uh, to a global pandemic. Perfect. Well, thanks again for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Jenny Field, you can email her at info at redefiningcoms.com. You can download a copy of the CIPR State of the Profession report by linking to the CIPR website in the notes to this podcast. If you liked what you heard today, we're hoping you choose to subscribe and receive updated episodes automatically. You could also choose to leave a review. I want to thank Johnny J, who left a review on Apple Podcasts. I like this podcast very much. His voice is soothing. Thank you, Johnny. Another from NBYYC, indicating they're in Calgary, left a review. The topics are interesting, and it's very well put together. Great coffee break length. NB, thank you for that. You're right. 15 minutes is a perfect coffee break. Or tea. We'd love it if you would write and or review this podcast. Also, would you do us a favor and recommend this podcast to one friend? And if you have an idea for an episode or you just want to tell us something, send us a note at info at jgrcommunications.com. Thanks for listening.